This is the EdTech Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. sitting there with a pen and paper. Virtual reality is an interesting medium where students can access a wide range of content. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the future of e-learning, a MarketScale EdTech podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'm sure you notice that there are different episodes of different shows under this podcast. That's because the future of e-learning is an umbrella podcast. So we have different contributors and different content that flows through here. So make sure you're subscribing for a variety of different ed tech content, unpacking methodologies, strategies, and technologies, uh, changing education and ed tech today. So after several months of a raging pandemic, uh, today's classrooms and workplaces have had a taste of a different workflow. Some new technologies have become a mainstay. Everything from virtual rooms to virtual classrooms and remote collaboration technology uh, are now relatively standard. States across the U.S., though, are now preparing to slowly reopen parts of the economy, meaning that the utility and the longevity of these replacement technologies are about to be tested. So how useful have collaboration technologies and virtual classrooms been during this pandemic? And what are the benefits as we go back to work and back to school? And how do they fit into potentially a hybrid workflow post-pandemic? For our guest today, we're pulling from over 20 years of experience to give some context on this evolution for the industry. We're sitting down with Mansoor Breck. He's the president of X2O Media. And Mansoor brings experience in managing large-scale software development projects in industries ranging from flight simulation and broadcast television to digital signage and unified communications, and now, of course, in ed tech. Mansoor, welcome. How are you doing today? Very good. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. How have you been holding up during the pandemic? Definitely a crazy time. It has been a crazy time. It has been a crazy time. And uh, we've, we've, uh, we've uh, luckily been so inundated with, uh, with, re- with requests for demos of our virtual classroom that I have not actually had the pleasure of working from home. And <laughs> I've continued to come into the office uh, all alone to, uh, to do these virtual demos from our uh, classroom here. Yeah, well, everyone's definitely had to adapt, and thanks to uh, virtual technology, like the tech that X2O Media brings to the table, uh, people have been able to adapt a little easier. So I'm looking forward to uh, unpacking your thoughts on the longevity of some of this technology and where it fits into a hybrid workflow. Let's go ahead and start here. Uh, How have you seen companies across various industries, so definitely generalizing here, but how have you seen uh, cross-industry companies react to and use collaboration technology and virtual classrooms during the pandemic? Who has taken it on? How has it worked for them? Well, we, I mean, you've certainly, we've seen a, a lot of people just being forced into the constant virtual meetings and, uh, and uh, just sort of had to adapt as, as, as they go. On the on the sort of learning and development side in in the uh, in the corporate world, we've seen a slowdown, a big slowdown there as as they sort of delayed and 
kind of waiting till things get back, you know, on track, as opposed to the world of higher ed, which is just accelerated like crazy because they've been forced to just move everything online. I, I think you're right. I mean, the majority of people have had to take on this technology and these solutions more as a short-term band-aid than, you know, a, a long-term vision that they've been crafting and strategizing around. So what do you think the effects will be of such immediate and short-term but large-scale adoption of these technologies? Do you think it's going to influence people's perspectives on them, uh, how they use them, how they're able to use them well? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, they have had to adapt so quickly that, you know, just through necessity are doing what needs, whatever they need to do to get it going. And, and at this point, I think, you know, the, the most is, is that it's been a huge learning experience as to what what works well and what doesn't. When you have no choice, you know, you're going to make do with uh, with whatever you can at this point. But certainly you see a lot more in-depth questions and a better understanding of, of what works well or doesn't. And, and when we come out of this, uh, what, what will the effect be and, and what are the things that, you know, that they were missing and, and uh, needed to have? Uh, I think the one thing that's sort of clear is that for the foreseeable future, there's, you know, probably hybrid type classrooms in our future where you have some people that are able to make it into the room and others that can't. That's probably the one thing that, that we've seen as sort of no doubt future. Do you think there's any potential for people to, I don't know, maybe be soured on the tech or the experience of working with virtual and collaboration tools because of the way it was first introduced to them, basically? So, uh, you know, if it was rolled out incorrectly or it was rolled out uh, with not enough guidance, do you see that potentially having a negative long-term impact if there isn't then kind of a, a rebound on how to use this technology well? There, there, there is a bit of that. I've become fond of telling this anecdote, which is about three weeks into the into the crisis. I was sitting down with my uh, my son and my daughter, and uh, who were both in university, and uh, my son's girlfriend was there. So I was asking the three of them, you know, how they were adapting and how where they were enjoying the online classes. And much to my dismay, all three said they hadn't attended any sessions yet. Now, what do you mean? It's been three weeks. And but their opinion was, well, they're all recorded, so we'll just watch the recording. Why would I why would I attend the class live if the recording is available? And I said, wow, OK, yeah, it's the Netflix generation, right? Right. <laughs> You're used to consuming content on your own time and that's going to carry over here. So unless there's actually unless there was a compelling reason for them to be in that online class, they were going to just choose to watch it whenever they wanted. So that, I think that's a big takeaway. You know, if your class wasn't interesting before, it's certainly not going to become more interesting now that it's online. <laughs> right, and right. Um, you do need the class. You do need it to be engaging, you know, maybe through group activity, uh, interaction between teacher and student. There has to be those elements in that room to, to really attract people in, into the session. One of the major concerns for educators and employers that are using remote or virtual education or collaboration technology is, like you said, that lack of engagement. So, yeah, if the content isn't already grabbing people's attention or making them feel like they're a part of 
uh, said discussion or meeting or curriculum, then just going online isn't suddenly going to fix that issue. Uh, so, you know, I think it's making educators and, uh, you know, workplace leaders or employers reassess some of their methodologies that, you know, maybe they thought were engaging and now aren't. However, I do think that there is an extra layer of challenging engagement needs that come with virtual technologies. Absolutely. And it's not just engaging in the first place, but also being able to measure and gauge that engagement. So is this a concern that you're hearing from any clients of yours um, or you know, any of your customers? And how is that affecting people on giving and, and on the receiving end of this dynamic? Yes, I mean, we're very much focused on, on that engagement. And, and I think the thing that uh, really our solution focuses on is... is is allowing the you know the, the the teacher or the educator or the moderator to engage with their remote participants or students, and you know we 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 achieve that by giving every student you know or remote participant their own camera and their own speaker in the room. So that that gives you the spatial awareness where people's uh, audio is uh, you know is coming from different part of the room depending where their where their video is. So that it really emulates real life. Uh, and, you know, you really want them to feel engaged. You know, if, if you've been the remote participant in a, in a meeting and, you know, you've got 10 people having a heated discussion in the room and you're that person on the phone or a small speck on the screen, it's very easy to be forgotten, right? The conversation happens in the room and the, the remote person gets forgotten. But by giving the, you know, with our solution, giving you a presence in the room, you've got a large video monitor showing your head with your own audio and name uh, associated with it. So it's like you have a seat in the room. You're not moving around in one second, you're here one second, you're there, you're physically there in that room, although virtually, and it, it just keeps you engaged from both sides. You know, you're, you can you can connect, you can make eye contact with the moderator and you're not going to be forgotten. You're, 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 you're sort of on a equal ground with the, the people that are in the room. That engagement we really feel is, is, is night and day be between, you know, just a typical e-learning session where you're looking at a talking head for an hour or heaven forbid, a PowerPoint for an hour. It's very easy to doze off or to, you know, pause it and then continue later or versus a, a true interaction between teacher and student that you can achieve with, uh, with our technology. So if engagement is one of the biggest obstacles that employers and educators are having to solve how do you define quantifiable engagement in this sense and what aspects of the platforms or technology need to be engaging themselves and then what aspects of the technology or platforms need to just be able to support engaging content well and then how do those dynamics work in unison well yeah we do we do tackle it on two fronts you know the first one is to try to give the uh, the moderator more tools to make the session engaging so, you know, we talked about the the one-to-one the -one cameras, the directional audio that helps you engage. But it also, we include, you know, on the on the display where you're looking at the, at the remote students, when you ask them a poll or a question, you'll see all their answers so that you can uh, drill down and ask them more. So just gives uh, you another avenue to, to engage with them. It also keeps track of things like if they're you know, when, when somebody's in the room with you, you can tell if they're not paying attention. When they're remote virtu and virtual, we, we try to give you some of those same tools. 
So if the person at home is, you know, off browsing in a different tab or, or minimize the application, you get an indication on screen that that person isn't, you know, paying attention. So you can bring them back in and, and try to engage with them. And then, then we've added things like uh, group breakout groups that, you know, are dynamic, self-organizing groups. You know, just like in real life, you tell people, okay, let's break up into groups of four or five. And they go off and organize themselves, break off into groups. And then the, the instructor can sort of hop into one group and then move to another and talk to each one, keep them engaged, bring them all back and then show everybody the work that they did. So you can give people the tools to make the session more engaging. And then you could try and measure it afterwards, right? So we have analytics afterwards that measures, you know, how, you know, the basics, of course, uh, how long was the person there? You know, were they there for the entire session beginning to end? How many times did they raise their hand? How many uh, questions did they pose? Chat messages that did they send? Uh, how many minutes were they engaged or disengaged? So we've got a, a slew of those sort of statistics to help you try and evaluate how, how engaged that audience truly was. Now, how is X2O approaching bringing this engagement to remote workflows and virtual classrooms? And what is, I guess, unique about X2O's approach compared to some other virtual technologies and uh, collaboration technologies in the space? What is unique? And, and I guess, why is that approach unique? You know, why are you... Uh, going in that direction, whatever that may be? So, I mean, good question. I mean, it starts and ends with that, with the, you know, the one-to-one -one connection. So, you know, we talked about since, since every student has their own camera in the room, you know, when I look at that uh, remote participant or student, when I look at them, they can see that I'm looking at them. You're actually making eye contact. That's a very unique thing to our system, right? Most visual communication tools, you're looking at, there's one camera in the room that, uh, that everybody's looking at you from, so so they can't tell. So, for example, in our room, if I'm talking to you and I'm making eye contact with you as, as we talk, when I turn away from you to talk to somebody else, you could see that I've turned away from you, right? And that's a cue that we have in real life that you know that that you have when somebody's talking to you, then they turn away to talk to someone else. They're cues that you feed off of. So now you have that same uh, uh, ability in this room because everybody's got their own and cameras, and then you know everything that. You know, we, we have in, in real life, we try to translate into the room. So, for example, everybody's microphone is hot so that they can weigh in whenever they want. We, you know, we have a hand raise feature so they can raise our hands so they're not talking over each other. We have a shared whiteboard uh, as well as content repository. So all, all the content is, uh, is in the session and available to be uh, shared with uh, everyone. But it also means that just like in a real room, you can ask uh, somebody to go up to the board and... Uh, and annotate on it, you can do the same in this virtual room. Everybody has the ability to go to that uh, shared whiteboard, annotate, or uh, or even annotate over the content. If you're sharing a PowerPoint or a PDF, they can annotate right on top of it. And that's all synchronized in real time between all the students. The same, you know, when they're when they're working groups, they can share content and, 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 and uh, everybody can annotate and, and work together on a common uh, board. So so it's it's really all about you know, where we always try to base ourselves on, you know, how is it in the real room and try to bring that into this virtual environment. So it's really uh, quite, you know, distinct in terms of an experience from the, from the typical uh, unified communication kind of workflow. And, 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 you know, there, you know, all the tools out there like WebEx and Teams and Zoom, they're, you know, they're all great. We're not really knocking them. We, we just view this as a more of a niche experience. 
where not every classroom, you know, some classes lend themselves well to self-paced learning, you know, so not every classroom needs this really high touch, high, uh, high collaboration, high, uh, you know, level of experience. So for many of, you know, your typical meetings, you you could still, you know, you're still going to use the standard tools that you're used to using. However, you know, when you, when you've got a, you know, important meeting, training session, uh, collaboration event, where where you really you know it's, where you really want the people to feel like it's uh, better than being there, then that's where this sort of uh, our product would that's the niche that it fits into. We don't we don't expect that a company is going to roll out roll it out in three hundred meeting rooms. However, you know maybe five or ten rooms that are you know for C uh, level meetings or town halls or or, or, or collaboration uh, slash training. And you really want that uh, real life experience, and that's where this technology uh, would fit in. It feels like a solution like this really offers more opportunities for creative approaches to using a virtual classroom and a virtual space to host collaborative sessions or to educate and to link up with teammates or or students, classmates, right? Uh, what are some of the most creative solutions or um, adaptations that you've seen using X2O Media and what do you think that has to say about the flexibility of the platform and about some of the needs of the industry today? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, we, we find uh, the way, you know, the, 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 the dynamic ability to move people in and out of groups and even perhaps sometimes you want to step out of a room and just have a quick conversation with somebody else. But again, you're virtual, right? So it's, you're sort of virtually stepping out of the room and having a private conversation with one or two other members of the, uh, of the session. So, uh, using the technology in that way, some have, a you know, you can have a guidance counselor or an advisor available, you know, before the session starts. So, so students or, or employees can go talk to them before that session starts. So having them available uh, online is uh, really interesting. And, and, and one other case that's sort of just come up recently that we're you know, still early stages on it, but you know, we're talking to the government of Canada about uh, potentially doing a virtual parliament where, where the, you know, the members of parliament, some would be able to come into the room and be there and others would be remote. And then you've got the same abilities that you normally have, which is, you know, question period and, you know, ha, you know, where MPs would be able to go off and have a discussion before uh, addressing the room. And uh, so those that was really a quite a unique case that's come up recently for using that technology. All right. Now, Mansoor, last main point I want to throw your way. Uh, if we look at how this technology has been used during the pandemic and then look at how different workplaces and educational organizations or environments are adapting to a post-pandemic reality, how do you see this technology integrating into some kind of hybrid workflow or hybrid uh, classroom moving forward? You know, if we don't open up immediately or if we only open up offices and schools to a certain percent capacity in person, how does this fit into a hybrid work model going forward? Well, we think it's where it's actually at its strongest. And, and, and that's where we see a lot of people uh, planning and then looking uh, towards the future. There's not even a temporary measure, but they just see it as they're starting to see it as that that hybrid room is going to be sort of a permanent state of affair for them. And then the, the idea there would be that, you know, you've got this you've got the room with, you know, 
half the people sitting in the room and then you know behind them you have a number of screens where you've got all the remote participants there and just like they're another another row in in that classroom or or around the conference table that's the you know giving equal footing to those remote participants in that room and creating a really a hybrid environment where where you know people can feel just at ease being uh, being at home and, and participating in the session as as if they were in that room uh, really is very democratizing because if if somebody has a whatever asthma or some other condition that might make them more worried about attending school physically, they'd still be able to attend virtually, yet not really lose any of that benefit because the the experience is so so much like real life that they'd have uh, you know they're on an equal footing with the person who is in the room. So, I mean, whether it's a collaboration room or, or, or a classroom, we see that hybrid room as, as the one thing that's going to, you know, be taken away from this crisis and, and, and will be a permanent fixture, I think, in, in a lot of the schools and, uh, and collaborative environments that you're going to see in, in, in both corporate and higher ed. And, then, and specifically, you know, in, in higher ed, you have a lot of remote students or foreign students and a lot of the schools tend to, you know, have a disproportionate amount of their revenue come from those uh, remote students, right? Because they're paying higher tuition than, than than your local ones. So it's a big pain point if those students don't come back to the school in, in September. So that that's really uh, solidified the need for, for having, a, you know, a, a way to keep those students, you know, engaged with the school and, 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 and can come back, coming back and, and for the fall semester. All right, Mansoor Breck, president of X2O Media. Thank you for joining us on the podcast and giving us some insights on X2O's virtual classroom and collaboration technologies and just generally the state of how these technologies are being received and used in various different industries. Uh, what are any final takeaways you might have about the future of uh, these technologies uh, moving forward, how you think they might continue to evolve, uh, or maybe some challenges to growth and integration moving forward. Yeah, that, that, putting the crystal ball on, that's always a Yep, top. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I think the trend is sort of... Uh, unstoppable now you know even 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 those that were somewhat opposed to remote work before have to have changed their views now you know funny enough i was one of them not a huge fan of having everybody work from home in the past but you know you see it you see it working uh, better than expected right now so i think people's uh, people's take on that you know their their position is going to change when 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 this gets back to normal so you'll probably see an increase that trend toward remote work and, and remote education is gonna only gonna accelerate. You know, we'll certainly see that. I mean, uh, it's gonna affect everything, right? Even real estate. I think some people may be questioning that big building they just built, and now that they may go back to it and only fill it half full. So that that that's certainly gonna be affected. Hotelling in 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 terms of you know hot swapping of desks at companies is a is a trend that uh, is also probably on its last legs, but that's just me. Love it. All right, Mansoor Barak, president of X2O Media. Thanks again for your time. Appreciate the insights and looking forward to chatting again in the future. If folks want to find out any more about X2O Media, where should we send them? Uh, yeah, please go to www.x2omedia.com and uh, you should be able to find all the information there. All right. Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Thank you, Danny. Take care. 
And thank you everyone for listening to today's episode of the Future of E-Learning, Market Scales, EdTech Podcast, and Umbrella Platform. Make sure that you are subscribing on Apple Podcasts and Spotify for previous and upcoming episodes of the show. You can also go to our website, marketscale.com slash industries for a wide variety of different industry content, including podcasts, articles, and video content. Make sure you're also leaving a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.